want to create some champions tonight. There's a family that have domineered a game that's not in their culture. But there's a father that determined that the girls were going to become champions. They were so powerful that they defeat everything left except their each other. Serene Williams and her sister, they defeat the entire field, took over the game, they master it, and they win at will. It's not a game that belonged to their culture. But there's a father that said, you are going to become champions. And you say long enough, those girls start believing it. Amen. And constantly swinging that racket. Champions are not made on stage. They're placed on stage. Long before they reach Wimbledon, they were in the backfield of no man's land. Amen. But the constant... Today, they are champions. Amen. And they dominate the game. Now, I know that we Pentecostals are not involved in those games. But, you know, I don't play golf. A lot of preachers play golf, and that's all right with me. But I just don't play golf. I finished my course a long time ago. And I've fought my fight and won the game already. I have no more handicaps. I'm healed. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, Tiger Woods, he, most, most guys don't know him. This is the day when he was sacrificed. Tiger Woods was, was, uh, was, was known long before you guys know him. As a little boy that is dead said, you're going to be a champ. You're going to be a champ. And the first thing they had to learn was that you got to learn how to deal with failures if you're going to win. If you're going to win. Most people can't handle failures. You know what God told me in my spirit? Let's pray tonight. Failure does not define me. I define failures. Failure does not define anybody. It's people who defines failure. Because to me, it's not a failure if it's not a failure. And we're going to learn tonight that you must fall in love with failures. I'm going to teach you how to fall in love with your failures. Now, that's contrary to all that you've heard. But tonight, you're about to have a renaissance. A renaissance. Because all your depression comes from, and your anxiety attack comes from, because you let what you call failure defines you. And you take that same attitude to God, like the ten spies, afraid to fail, they end up fail the grace of God. But they define their own failures. God didn't. And don't you blame the Anakins either. They didn't either. 
The Anakins have nothing to do with it. It was they defined themselves and said, we are failures. And we cannot, we will not, and we rather knock down anybody who try to prove otherwise. You know, <laughs> I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. I've, I've worked hard for it, and I won't let you stop me from having it. You ever see those kind of people? The lots and pews look just like you. Amen. But tonight, sort of Renaissance. Because this church can't move forward until we fix what's between your ears. This is the church tonight. And the rest is just the fluff. Amen. Praise God. Romans 12, 11, Paul talked about business. Paul talked about business. A lot of Pentecostals are not business people because they, they feel that because they're spiritual, they shouldn't be business. You know, the problem is they ain't got no wings. I haven't seen one spiritual Christian anywhere. I've seen naturally human beings, amen, with perspiration and they sweat and they get tired and they huff and they puff. I have not yet seen a spiritual being. But business, Jesus at age 12 was business minded. He said, why are you seeking me, mom and dad? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? <laughs> I'm involved in business. Business does not bother God. In fact, God is a business God. The best CEO I know is God. Chief Executive Officer, God is. He's so smart, he said, before you bail, count the cost. Do some estimation. Make sure you can finish what you started. God's a finisher. Amen. And the Serena family will always dominate the game until they choose to quit. They choose to quit. But Paul wrote, be not slothful in business. And then I said to myself, okay, I got Webster Dictionary for a meaning, and I have the meaning of God. And I read in the Bible, in the book of uh, Matthew, God called a man wicked, slothful, what? Servant. Because he was slothful in business. And the connotation is many. And the Lord was angry at him because he was just not businesslike. There are actually 17 scriptures that mention the word uh, slothful in business. Slothful people don't eat either. They starve. <laughs> the Bible says a slothful man went hunting and wouldn't even cook his own food. Rather choose to starve and die than cook it. Eat it raw. But the Lord cast a man out, and I thought, oh, I can be lost, not because I'm not born again, but because I'm slothful. I can be slothful and be thrown out. And I don't want to go there, and I don't want to get you all worried about it, but it's fact that we can lose our salvation because we did not act businesslike. Next thing I learned in the Bible is that we're all servants. 
<laughs> you know, you can be a servant to yourself. And my wife reminded me, you can be self-servant. I said, that's the worst kind there is. Because then, you know, it's me, I, and myself. But the best servitude is where you serve somebody else. Amen. And, uh, you know, you are servant to other people. And the Bible said that uh, he was a slothful servant. Now, because of fear of failure, people will not perform. People will not act. People will not give public speech. They'd rather die, commit suicide, than go on stage and stand for a crowd, even to people they know, even before people they don't even care for. They're afraid of them. But tonight, we are not going to avoid fear. We're going to embrace it. Are we? Now, the only thing you have to fear is fear. I like the fear of the Lord. It's not the same as fear of failure. The fear of the Lord that I embrace is that I respect God and do not limit God to me and my shortcomings. It's an insult to limit God. All right? Now, the promised land is what God said is yours. And the ten spies, you know why they did what they did? They fear failure. They fear they could not achieve what was promised to them. And they rather die in the wilderness than enjoy the fruit that was in their hand. Church, don't forget now, they had the fruit on their shoulders. They had it on their shoulders. They ignore looking at that and looking at those people out there that don't even know them. Don't even know they're in the land. And came and said, we can't fight them and so on. Now, failure is the value for success. If you're going to be successful, you've got to tonight embrace failure as a friend. Think about it. Boldness is visible because they saw the boldness of Peter on what? John. When they didn't have the boldness, they cussed and they swore and they denied Jesus. And they failed Jesus. Amen. But when they saw the bones of Peter, James, and John, they were shocked and said, these men are unlearned men. I don't know about you, but Psalm 78 tells me, I don't want to be those things. Psalm 78, you need to read it. These are men equipped for victory, and they could have, and because of fear of failure, they allow themselves to throw away their faith and win shipwreck, and God was angry at them, and God was not pleased with them. Tonight, I want us to make a, a commitment of a renaissance in our life of change by saying, God, I'm going to stop myself limiting. I'm going to stop my God doubting. I'm going to stop fear of failures. I'm going to start taking risk. Hmm. You know what risk means? Think about risk. What is risk? 
I'm going to challenge my fear. I'm going to challenge my fear. I'm going to step out. Ten guys remained in the boat, and one stepped out, not fearing he might sink. The reason why they didn't step out, they fear failure, that they would sink. Peter forgot to fear, stepped right out. And the only time he sunk was when he began to become fearful. Took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink. But he did walk in water in and out. Out and in. He did because the Lord didn't give him no piggyback. He had to walk back on the inside. I've never seen Jesus lift up any adult except a little baby in his hand. So obviously Peter walked it back, right? All right. Tonight I want you to challenge your fear. Take risk. Amen. And tonight I want you to take down your hang-ups. Your hang I'm going to take it down. I'm going to bring it down because I'm going to say to myself tonight, failure, you don't have a definition until I give you one. You don't have it till I give you one. So my failure, so-called, quote-unquote, does not define me. And what you think of me as a failure does not define me. I will not let your expectation of me be my destiny. I will create my own destiny. And I will step in my own future. And all failure should mean tonight is this. Not getting desired results. Boy, isn't that scientifically wild? Failure simply means not getting desired results. But who, who decided that? Who decided that? <clears throat> was Jesus a failure? By the world standard, it sure was. He didn't establish no kingdom on earth. They stoned him, they hang him, they nailed him, they crucified him. By world standard, he was a failure, but he never thought so. All right? Tonight, I want us to embrace, like we embrace our Bible, failure and benefit from failure. You see what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to do it to you what they did to Lazarus. I want to loosen you from being bound between your ears and what you see from your eyes. Because my eyes affect my heart. I want you to benefit from failure because it's time for you to embrace it. Why do I embrace failure? Because of what I'm going to learn from it. What am I about to gain from it? Because failure are the only factors that lead to success. Amen. Without failure, you're not able to reproduce success. Amen. Failure is not random. Failure is knowledge Gained. I was with a preacher one place, and they wanted something that's astronomically beyond their pocketbook. But monthly, they survive adequately. Even if you break even, you're blessed. 
is when you come on there, you got problems. But if you break even, you're blessed. Now, you may not think so. He who gathered less lacked nothing. And he who gathered a whole lot didn't have more. But what they had was sufficiency. Sufficiency is just as good as efficiency. Remember now, you define what failure is. If you think you're a failure, you are a failure. And you're going to define what failure is. But doesn't mean that it's so with God, but with you, because you gave that definition to it. All right? The people said, we are in our own eyes. They qualified in our own eyes as grasshoppers. How you see yourself determine how you think about yourself. Because you got a small self-concept of how you look and how you feel, that don't mean that's how you are in God's eyes. That's your definition of who you think you are. But when you understand this concept, I can embrace my failure rather than fear it. I'm embracing it. Because I'm going to define whether the glass is full or half full or half empty. I'm going to decide, not you. Tonight, I'm going to embrace failure rather than fear it. Tonight, God's going to teach us how to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Mm. I'm going to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. How? I'm going to see my failures as an inspiration that moved me forward. I have no desire to go backwards. There's no <laughs> rear view mirror in my car. One guy, instead of a joke, I won't name the place, they said, he bought a car, he says, I want no R in my gear system. I don't want to reverse in my car. I'm not backing up. I'm going forward. <laughs> I want a car with F always forward. No reverse. Amen. Let your failure inspire you to move forward. Let the failure that you experience give you a breakthrough. Guess what? I, I just failed. Wow, I'm happy. Oh, man, I tried. Whoa, I just failed. That's a whole lot better than having a depression. <laughs> Whoa, hallelujah. The more mistakes I make or you make, the fewer they become mistakes. Wow. I didn't get gray hair for nothing. I've been to the school car hard knocks. I just knock it back. Hello. You see, I can sit right here and feel sorry for myself. The well, you know, I hate mirrors. Nobody should have invented mirrors. It doesn't make me look the way I want to look. I hate mirrors. I can feel good till I look in the mirror. So if I want to maintain good look, just don't look in the mirror. 
I walk away feeling handsome, looking good, and plus the mirror. Oh God. <laughs> Problems. Smash that mirror. Hallelujah. Or until I see my wife. Uh oh. <laughs> but tonight let's move forward from our mistakes and learn from them rather than cry over them. Amen. Failures contain many helpful information you can never get from anywhere else. Because all experience means is how many failures have you worked with before? Journeyman status being on your journey in life, how many mistakes you've made not to work with. The only reason why your company employ you is not for how smart you are, but how many mistakes you've worked with in your own life. Because if they didn't have mistakes, they wouldn't need you. They don't need you. You're there to fix mistakes. And they want to know, in your journey in life, how many times have you had these mistakes to work with? Hello? Hello? How many helpful information do you have locked inside of you? Now I'm praying for you, church. Yes, I'm praying for you. I'm praying all of you become millionaires. You know why? You pay more tithes. It's logical. If you're honest. <laughs> I'm assuming you'll be honest. <laughs> it makes sense to me. So then my job should be empower you to be affluent, influential, powerful, prosperous, success. And I'm telling you, Beethoven, that mesmerized you today in this day, didn't mesmerize those who were around him. Mozart is a, was a man of failures. In fact, he died in a car accident. And today people are wondering, wow, such genius ever lived. Mozart critic says of his music, far too many noise. <laughs> far too many notes. I don't know about you. When I see those classical notes, I say, oh my God, those guys are crazy. Let me do it the hard way. Play by try, you know, by trial and error. I learned by trial and error. I can't read those silly notes. They look like crab toes to me in the Caribbean. They call them crab toes. Those crazy notes. Amen. But he met failures when he performed in his most magnificent the marriage of Figaro. I can't even say the word. Figaro. Figaro. See, my wife reads some books. See, I can tell she read books. She's helping me out. He met his biggest flop between 1788 and 1799. Hello. But who said he failed? He never thought so. The listeners thought so. They said his last three compositions were considered massive failure. 
And it said, in spite of his many rejections, he left behind a legacy full of musical genius that no one today can dispute. The guy was out of his class. Was a man before his time. They said of him, his failures only inspire him to create more masterpiece. You know, the world like to pigeonhole us and put us into where they think we should be, where we can't perform. And everybody have a natural dexterity to perform, a propensity to perform where divine purpose placed them. Amen? Everybody can't be a doctor. Everybody can't be a mechanic. Everybody can't be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a scientist. But everybody can be a person. Hello? With contribution to make this world spin. My car got many moving parts, but they're not moving all in the same direction. At the same speed, at the same time. And one of the most valuable places in my car is the mud flap. Could that keep my car from corroding and rusting? And the car's corroding and rusting, friend, I don't care how good the engine is, we can't drive it. You know, <clears throat> here's the conclusion. His failure is what led him definitely to success. Tonight, do you know where your passion is? Can you find your passion? What is your passion? If you find your passion, you'll find your purpose. Amen. The rhino is the most ugly-looking animal in the world, and he doesn't care about it. He's not involved in weight loss. He doesn't care what you think. The elephant looks so big and clumsy, and he don't care what you think about it. Amen. He got the longest nose in the whole world poking everybody's business. The giraffe got the longest neck, always sticking a snake in other people's business, and still doesn't care what you think. Hello? Passion is a lesson. You need to teach your kids to be proud of their failures. No one will perform. Because you make failures sound like a death sentence. Turn failures into success. <clears throat> Hello. When I was taking accounting, I had a teacher, she thought because she knew it, I had to know it too. And I didn't care about how much she knows. I care about how much she cared about how much I willing to know. And so, with others getting 1900, I get 15%. I rejoice, I'm 15% smarter. Eighty-five is down the road for me to go after later on. But right now, there's about 15% rejoicing here. It does matter. Amen. Be proud of the failures. Turn your failure into success. I'm not going to sit you and cry over it. No. I got 15% I never knew before. I got it. 
It might take a long time to get the next 15%, but it's adding up. Learn how <laughs> to experience the shift that can come in your life by turning failure into success. I love the story and, and the narrative on Joseph and, and Ruth and Jabez. I love those guys. I said, I love these guys. I don't need a Dale Carnegie course. I got Joseph to look at. I got Ruth to look at. I got Jabez to look at. Oh, my Bible is an amazing book. It's an awesome book. Amen. Tonight, all you bunch of failures, rejoice. It's small when you do it. Mom, I just came home. I failed my exam. Oh, I'm so happy. Ooh. Why are you so happy? Because now I know what I don't know. Oh, time I thought I knew it all. And finally straightened me out. One time I took Athletic University accounting. And I saw the exam. I looked at it. I said, no thanks. Walked right out. End of my, my training. I was done. I ain't going to make a fool of myself. I just didn't know it. I walked right out. Did I feel successful? Yes. I'm going to have coffee. I celebrated. No nervous breakdown. Praise God. Go start your success with failures. The reason why kids won't give memory verse, because you laugh at them. The reason why they don't want to talk to you, because you make mockery of them. The reason why they don't want to perform, because you insult them. And you can't accept their present maturity. And you act like their present maturity is a limitation to, to success. Hey! A three-month-old baby can't act like a 12-year-old man. Never will be. Except you want frustration. Even in self-condemnation, self-pity. So tonight we're going to go start with our failures. Write them down. I had a guy one time, he was mentally defeated, always defeated. And I could never straighten him out. I could never straighten him out. In fact, he's dead now. And just sad story. But I said to him one day, come, look, guy. I come by him and said, look, guy, look. Right and awful, what's wrong with you? Man, God. He said, how much time do you have? <laughs> he rolled. <laughs> he was just rattling him off. I said, now, give me three things that's good about you. And tears start flowing. It's amazing. It's amazing how the devil got us all messed up. Remember this. The road to fame start with failures. The only person this does not fit is Jesus Christ. But all the heroes you know and all the great people you know. Because one win take care of all the losses. <laughs> one birth take care of all those pains amen praise God the embarrassment you know when I came to Canada I couldn't understand why all these men in Canada are pregnant they're all being out there I thought and guess what now I joined the club and now I enjoy the club <laughs> because I'm in the club I can't curse what I'm a part of I'm not going to curse myself 
I realize now I'm about to become the chairman of the club. <laughs> I mean, promoted. <laughs> it's a good club. Amen. Problem is, you lay one lady look at one time at uh, she looked at uh, the uh, Churchill and mocked him and says he was ugly, and I mean, I mean, I'm too fat and all that stuff. He, she said, "Okay, lady, yep, I understand that. I'm too fat." I can lose weight, but you're ugly and you can't change it. I may be fat, but I can be a big loser. Losing isn't always bad. Losing 10 pounds is not bad. Losing 50 is too much. Hello? I love my chocolates. I love my sugar. I don't mind dying happy. I don't want to die unhappy. They all go in the clay. You, you don't believe that? You saw those guys drunk on the street? I laugh at them. I say, you poor thing. We're all going to the same place. Maybe at different times. You're just hurting your knees. Praise God. I'm not going to park my car and walk. No. That's why I jump in my car. Take me where I want to go. Amen. <laughs> That's his job. Take me where I want to go, not these. What? I'm in a third world country. I got four wheels. <laughs> Praise God. I tried to get my wife so hard to push her in the, in the airport, but she won't let me do it. Because <laughs> sometimes we just can't keep pace with the rest of the crowd. But we're moving in the right direction. That's why I start early anyway. I don't start late. Because I know I can't keep pace. Hello, I'm going to get there. Amen. Tonight we're going to embrace embarrassment. Why that son cry? This girl, she was pretty. Admired this girl. She's very. I don't mean like you're thinking right there. So don't think wrong. My wife is right there. <laughs> but this girl, I mean, she's big, just nice and plump and round. And just shape real graciously. And she just, her clothes just flow so nice. Size was not a problem, friend. She was a beauty to look at. Now, if she were real tight and, you know, climb into it, she got to jump into it, it'd be what a sight. You know, I've seen them. You know, lots of them in the States. My God, how they got in that thing. Sprayed on. And it's not worth showing. It's a bad show. But church, we can expect experience encouragement amen by becoming passionate amen with what I believe success is and what I think failure is you know God never said to me you are a failure God never tells you that Moses said well God I can't speak God said I didn't tell you that you told me that hello let's encourage ourselves passion and let's take risk Sometimes I take risks. Sometimes I want some chocolate. I don't care how many sugars in there. One, one guy was trying to tell my wife not to eat certain food because too many enzymes in there. She said, I don't care about the enzyme. I like my food. Don't tell me. And she still strung all the enzymes. Hello, he's gone. She's alive still. Obviously, what he was doing didn't help. Because he's gone. She's still here. But Encourage the passion of taking risks. I'm going to take risk because I know 
when I experiment with failures, I will achieve success. Mmm. Mmm. Have I lost you guys? Passion makes you embrace failure like Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison just, oh, another one didn't work. Another one didn't work. Another one didn't work. In other words, stop, let failures stop your discoveries. Hallelujah. Praise God. Risk is healthy. Take it and try it again. Woo! Hallelujah. Try it again. Till you succeed at last. Because if you quit, you're not going to win. If you win, you won't want to quit. Winning will become addictive. All right? Passion is infectious. Let it overwhelms you. It's the gate to success. Passion is more than just an emotional uplift. Passion, hallelujah, hallelujah. I find that is the mother of invention. Passion establishes purpose. Passion ignites and motivates. Passion overcomes obstructions. Passion defeats challenges. Passion excites me into action. My passions make my trial seem so small and my fear seems so inconsequential. I got a passion. Amen. Praise God. You know, we talk about terrorists, but one of the most passionate people on earth are terrorists. Terrorists are more passionate than soldiers are. They will destroy themselves for a cause, for a purpose. If church people ever have that, this church will fall from wall to wall. More self-preservation. Now those guys, they'll preserve their ideology over their physiology. You know what I said? They put their ideology over their physiology. They'll blow themselves up. Someone said, the zeal of that house have eaten me up. Now one said, if I perish, I perish. Other says, I'm addicted to the ministry. Tonight, I was thinking about not everybody in church are helpful and useful and they can and they don't. But God said, just a minute, kneel in every house. There are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Get your eyes off those who don't and focus on those who do and be motivated by them. Praise God. What can separate me from the work and the love of God? Nothing. Paul gave a long list and said, these don't move me. Amen. The people willingly gave themselves, the Bible says. You know, it says, look, they had a mind to work. And all group says there were zealots. You know what zealots are? My God, they're wild. Jesus has thought this group. And they're enthusiasts. Without failure, there is no success. It's impossible to have success without failure. Because what are you measuring against? Let's praise God. <clears throat> now, I, I know you don't want to hear this right now. This is the wrong season, but you're wrong. 
I'm glad you're a failure because there's hope for success. Without failure, there is no passion, no purpose, no will, no drive. The absence of passion is evident by throwing in the towel a defeated spirit, procrastination, slothfulness, excuses, intimidation. Pastor, do you preach all those things? Yes! Because most of God's people are psycho. Most Christians are psycho. It's true. They're mad up here. None more mad than God's people. They're pretty crazy in their head. They expect God to come down here and send some more Elijah. God said, no, no, no. You, you become Elijah. You become Elisha. You know, God, people really want God to come in there and do it for them. He's not going to do it for them. He'll do it with them, but never for them. And you're going to die and not get to what you want. I believe the mantra of our passion should be defeat is not an option. <clears throat> I'm delayed, but I'm not defeated. I will not let you go, God, till you bless me. <laughs> you want me to let you go? Then bless me. I'll quit bothering you. Passion sees opportunity, not obstructions or obstacles. Amen. You know, parents try to fight for their kids in the play field. Shame on you. Let them beat the snot out of your boy and girl till they learn to fight for themselves. Ooh. Ooh. We're going to fight for you, yes? You're raising up a wimp. Because in the real world, you're not going to be there when that wife starts beating with a kettle. <laughs> you're not going to be there, honey. You're just not going to be there. <coughs> Amen. Was in a flying saucer battle in his home. Place going left and center. Hallelujah. You're going to teach him how to accept the fight and learn how to duck. <laughs> you know, Mr. Reagan, while he was shot and his wife came to look at him, he says, honey, I'm sorry, I forgot to duck. That was his humor. <laughs> He's all, it's almost being killed. But you know, America loved him. You know, <laughs> that guy, he was 90% asleep during a conference. I want to ask him, what did he do wrong? So I can't remember. They could never get him. Because he always claimed amnesia was a problem. Mr. President, wake up, they're talking to you. Oh, yes, of course, go ahead. And, you know, he succeeded. Amen. Now, church, the thing we remember the most are the thing that we should least remember. Tonight, God wants you to feel the benefit of risk. God came down from heaven, that was a risk. They nailed him, but I feel that's the biggest mistake Satan ever made. If the devil is smart, leave him alone. And if the devil is smart, leave you alone. 
If I was Satan, I wouldn't touch you one bit. I'd leave you alone. Because every time I touch you, I set you up for a miracle. <laughs> every time I hurt you, I set you up for healing. And, and I'll give you more discovery of Jesus when you're sick. So the worst thing you can do is touch Job. He wished he hadn't. He's a fool. Praise God. The evidence of your passion and your purpose driven, right? There's a cause. And you got gusto, guts. You got guts. That's one time big guts work. I got guts. David wasn't afraid to face Goliath. Face your Goliath. I want to tell you here. I saw this week a, a saint of God with all these degrees and master degrees and bachelors and working for the government education program develop a program identical as the one this church developed by individuals who think they're not good enough. And I thought, my God, they haven't been to the university. I said, we have the exact thing. Same level. And that performer is intellectually, universally recognized and accredited and the other one don't have it. You think God's limited to Harvard? Just find somebody who believed in him. And God inspire you. Amen. And I thought, oh my God, I almost want to take it away to bring here and show you folks. Look what you did. They got master's degree. All you have is minus 40. <laughs> and they got MS1C. <laughs> Praise God. Determination Esther. Esther said, I'll make a difference. She wasn't a failure. She cried, well, I'm an orphan. Ooh. She didn't do that. She faced the pressure and said, if I perish, I perish. I'm going to finish what I've started. Going to get the job done. Amen. Jesus said, Bible says, he says, place as a flint, I must go to Jerusalem. I must go to Samaria. And he went and he, dis and he discovered it. I want to tell you, whatever you want to achieve tonight, it is done. Just enter into your season. Hallelujah. Put your passion in motion. Hallelujah. Somebody told uh, Abraham is too old. And meaning he's dysfunctional. Physiologically. But they forgot theologically. God can override that. By my God I run through troops. By my God and my desire, I tear off the roof. I've got a friend to be healed. Aquila and Priscilla lay down their necks and their whatever. When the people, you know, I like David mighty men. Oh, they got some mighty men in David's situation. Church, I told God, I believe, I want to see who the first person in this church can make a million dollars. I give you three years to do it. I've got one, one customer, two customers, three customers. We're saying you boo-hoo. We're saying you can go home. 
Praise God. Anything around Turkey, you want to hang around eagles. I just got $3 million on my pews right here. And the rest will be beggars. Begging alms. David, mighty men, stood in the pea patch. And Shama, I don't know. You see, your name don't mess you up. Orpha was told that you got the wrong name for success. And she refused what they said and kept her name. And they said she's the most powerful woman on television. She wouldn't change her name. Because it's not in the name. It's in the character. What you have built inside of you. He said, well, Pastor, those are worldly people, yeah? Jesus said they're smarter than we are. Now we're learn from them. Amen. And so... Zacchaeus says, I will not be outdone. Can I go on? <laughs> I was thinking, if I was in this church, I said, if I was in this church and sitting on the pew and hearing what you're hearing, all these reviews, I got all the best of Brother Neil's tape on these positive mental attitudes. And every night before I go to bed, I listen to it. I'd go and go to have a transformation. Revealed by divine convocation in my life. I drive the best BMW outside. You know, every person I go to drive a BMW except in my, in my, in my church, they're all Volkswagen. Hey, church, you can change all that, you know. I don't care if you credit it or buy it. Just drive it. No, I, you know, in the States, you got some guy, they got big car, but they can't find no gas for it. Can't buy the wheels for it. But it should look good. It should clean it up. Nothing wrong with that. If it's just looking at this car, that's good enough. Hello. But there's a man that inspires America. America, call him what you will, but there are people that love heroes. They don't kill heroes, they kill failures. Oh, you know, <laughs> one thing in the United States, if you lose your hair during the election, they will not vote for you because <laughs> looks is, uh, mean a lot. Amen. One guy sweat too much, he said, man, he sweat him too much. Well, I'm going to be looking cool, you know. He didn't learn the secret of getting a fan on him. He's talking. But Mr. Abraham Lincoln, listen to this, born in poverty, faced with defeat throughout his life. Lost eight elections, twice failed in business, suffered nervous breakdown, became finally the greatest president the United States ever had. In 1832, he failed business and lost legislature. In 1833, he failed business. In 1835, his sweetheart died. In 36, nervous breakdown. In 38, Defeated first speakers of the House. Amen. In 1843, he was de defeated for a nomination to the Congress. 1849, he was rejected for the land office. In 1854, he was defeated for the United States Senate. In 1856, he was defeated as nomination for the vice presidency. In 1858, he again defeated as United States President. 1860, he finally 
became the president. How far are you going to go to get what you want? Now, you see, if you guys were American, you'd be shouting. But you're can Canadian. You're coming close. I know where you are. You're between agility and Cabotos. Oh, wow! Then she got a standing ovation. God bless America, land of the free. You can't live on maple leaf. The lesson is inspiration. They're so proud of their president. They want his car go with him, his guns go with him, his medical go with him, and the king got to the helicopter and they're up in arms. Because the guy took the helicopter from here to China and back. Think about it. Overthrew an Alberta premier. Because she gave her niece a ride. Her daughter. My God. Stingy. Miser. Well, you said, they never go bankrupt. You're right. They don't take risk. But they're not the richest guy in the world either. And they'll never be. If you keep high putting your money under your mattress, you'll always be under your mattress. You put it in the bank, you get uh, you know increase on the Hello. I was back there in the uh, Grand Caymans Island. I thought, God, I'm gonna go home and talk to the, all the entrepreneurs in my church and say, God, I know where you can hide your money from the taxman. I mean you can buy a house and not to pay tax on it. You can buy anything you want to pay tax on it. Put your money there, except your tithe. Brethren, T.J. Jakes, which you guys don't know, having a conference that cost her three to four dollars to get in, not counting hotel fee, airplane flight, then buys books, and they line the street and cause traffic jam for late commuters trying to get in, and we Canadians. Have a conference for youth and charge five dollars. And people are uh, nervous breakdown and call the Better Business Bureau on us. Then we have a ladies' function and we charge to go to ladies' function and the ladies begin to protest and we black card. And finally, late Nakamon, we have it and they all boycott it because it costs too much. We can get chicken cheaper down a Walmart than here. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us, church? Church, don't ever die and have more money left in the bank than you have in the coffin. What's not in... <laughs> don't, church, when I die, I got a lot to feed those worms. Because I'm going to spend it all on me.
and the work of God. Don't look at the left, church. It's the truth. The devil want to keep us small. And we become victim of our own standards. Amen. Now, I like to hear those guys in the state speak. People hate them, but envy them. You know why? The lesson of passion. I was looking at the airplane, and church, I'm not being critical here. I'm being facetious sometimes, but I could see the difference in attitude at the airport here and over there. The business-like approach. It's amazing. It's amazing. We were in Japan. We saw those kids. I said, are these cool kids? They said, yes. I said, why do you dress them this way? They said, we dress them that when they grow up, they will not change for success. The businessmen and the school kids were dressed the same. I was in Florida a while ago, and I saw the Jews. The boys and the rabbis dressed the same. You know what they're doing? It's called conditioning for the future. Look at me if you want, and mock me if you want. You don't want to suffer. I got no kids to worry about. You got them. Meet your success head on. Strive to accomplish your dream. Grow in your purpose. And don't fear failure. Fear procrastination. Focus on your faith. Amen. The only fear I have, I don't want to be a part of, I don't want to fear the grace of God. I don't want my faith in God to fail. Amen. And I want to fail to try. Can you worship God? Now, church, I don't know what you came to expect tonight, but I'm here to talk to you. If God said you overcome it, and all things, what should I overcome? You don't know this, but I'm going to show you something tonight. It's going to blow you away. Ready for that, folks? I want to blow your socks off. If you don't have one, borrow one right now. Put it on quick. Everybody experience that socks blow off. Go on, borrow one very quickly. Moses and Abraham have a lot in common. They tried again. Rejection did not overthrow them. God taught me this week the highest form of honor in Pentecostalism is rejection. You have not lived until you've been rejected. Rejection. Try again, go back, and give it a try. I'm ruled by faith, not fear. Fear hath torment. Fear gets favor. Praise God. Only thing that can demote me is sin. Sin is a reproach, and righteousness exalted. Famous failures. Moses. Abraham. Michael Jordan. Woo! We talk about him because he's in the world. And that's the world's part than we are. Michael Jordan failed 9,000 times in his career. 
instead of him, he lost 300 games. Miss winning the, the shot everybody depend on 26 times. And they ask him, why are you the, the mantra and the hero and the icon of the system today? Why are you it? These are his words. I have failed over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. All you that are free to give public speaking should rise up right now and shout on top of your lungs. All you that are free to perform should stand right up and wave your hand and say, where's the cat? Where's the cat? Huh? Some of the biggest mind ever lived have made more mistakes than you can count. So, Enjoy the positive failures in your life. What you learn or glean from your failures are invaluable. Benjamin, Rachel thought it was a, fa a failure. She had no regards for it. Look what he becomes. Eve thought Abel was a failure. She called him vanity. Look what he becomes. How do you know the fear in your life, amen, wouldn't be the key to your divine transformation? Now I'm going to show this, folks, because here's where I'm going to make you rich now. You want to see it? You want to see it, folks? I can brag about Jesus because I know him personally. I walked in here this morning. I said, God, inspire me, please. Put your hand on me, Jesus does. Because I know you give me this thought for these precious people that you love so much. And I know they're living below their benefits. Living below their means. Give me the graphic presentation to show them. And that's what my, that's what my mind looked like. If you can improve what you can, let me know. I want to meet you. But I'm not on LSD or drugs. I promise you. I'm in my right mind. Rehab asked the question, <laughs> Rehab asked the question, what's holding you back? Can you guys see it over there? You guys can see it? Now, if I were you guys, I'd move over up front seat, but you guys are different from me, right? What's holding you back from investing? Why aren't you testifying? Why, why aren't you testify? What's your problem? Why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? I'll tell you why. How you see things is what's holding you back. Right? But if you are tonight as the caterpillar, if you ever hope to fly, it's time to get out of that situation. Or stay crawling on your belly the rest of your life. Here's the wheel, the cycle that keeps you bound. Fear. Fear of failure. Fear of taking risk. Fear of defeatism. Fear. Self-doubt. Fear of shame. And the church say, Amen.
I'm on Mount Ebal. I'll be on Mount Jerusalem in just a minute. Amen. Come on, folks. If you don't mean it, be a hypocrite. Say amen. Amen. How you see things. Does failure define you or do you define failure? Fear is manufactured by you. Amen. Praise God. And tonight, God wants you to stop merely existing and start performing to your full potential and don't draw back. Release yourself. It's time for a renaissance. It's time for a shift. Now, she said, Pastor, you're preaching. Guess what? This is life under the sun. You're not in heaven yet. You're still living under the sun. It's okay to get married. It's okay to kiss the wife. It's okay to do all these things. You're under the sun. When you go up, they don't need that. But when you're down here, you need lots of that. Look at my chart again. You're living below your potential. You fear the uncertainty of risk. You fear the prospect of failure. You fear your manufactured fear. You fear the, the, the defeatism in you. Self-doubt that you fabricated. And you fear shame. Now look at this, folks. We say we are grasshopper in our own eyes. Now ask, I think you need a new bifocal or change your eyes out. Hello? Because in you, every Christian is pregnant like Sarah with giants in you. There are giants locked up in you. In fact, this church is the Dead Sea. There are things locked up in us. Riches, pearls, gold, diamonds, and precious treasures locked up inside of us. We're like a Dead Sea. You, you take it all in, but give it all, you don't give any up. Look, grasshoppers, in your own eyes, when locked in us is, are the giants, giant of a person, kings, champions, dominion, power, authority. In Sarah, you don't need Agar. You got it. Amen. Think of it. Job, Paul, Joseph, and Moses, <coughs> they taught me there's a journey in life. And this journey in life, we're all on that journey, involved risk-taking. Hello? We learn to embrace failures. Huh? Overcome our shame. And eventually experience success and prosperity. Because there is a renaissance and a shift that will take place in your life. It's guaranteed. Look at this, folks. Can you see and taste and feel and hear and know the victory that's await us? If we just step out of our boat, if we just unwrap that clothing that have us bound behind the stone wall, these are the cycles that keep us bound. 
and we must untie the knot of the stomach. Negative passion, self-defeat, it's not good. The journey to success involves risk-taking, failures, shame. It leads to prosperity, mm, success, hallelujah. Mm. You could never convince Jesus he was a failure. They tried hard. Now, Trey, look at this right here. Look at it really good. Learn this. Because this happened to us. <clears throat> what make others so successful in life? I'm looking at it right here. Lord Jesus, speak to us. It's the ABC of life. Self-actualization. Release that giant in you. Release that mighty power God gave. He shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit come upon you. Boldness. A transformation took place in Peter's life, and he was bold. And see his commitment. It takes passion to do that. I wish tonight everybody could define for themselves. I want to even define it for you. I want you to define for yourself tonight what failure really is. You define failure. Nobody else does. Not even God does it for you. You do it for yourself. What do you call failure? Because that's what's bothering you the most. You know, in my counseling with people, when I used to do it here, and they see me, I, I used to put myself out of business. And that was, that, that's, that's the job of a good psychologist or a trainer or a doctor is to put himself out of the business. By giving people self-help information, because information leads to transformation. And when they hear it, I got one guy rode in there with a car and, and spun the time on the show and said, man, I'm going to do exactly what you told me. They never came back. I never got past two, two, two training sessions. So obviously, I don't get seven cycles what I'm entitled to. I never saw it that way. Oh, I'm smart. Suicidal person talking about me. Information brings transformation. Self-actualization. God didn't bring you here to fear and fail. How can you fail? You're invincible by the power of the Holy Ghost in you. You're powerful by the power of the Holy Ghost in you. You're able by God who enabled you. When I saw what that girl in a master degree produced, having the same program we have here, for the kids that we are performing, I thought, oh my God, and we don't have the master's degree program they have and produce the same thing. How could that be? Except God. How come Solomon is sitting among the wise men of the East and Job without being to Harvard? Look at this, folks. Look at this right here. The answer 
is the ABC of your life. Positive mental attitude determines my altitude. I don't want a church full of followers. I want a church full of leaders. I don't want a pastor a church full of followers. I want people that are leaders. People that make a difference. Make footprints in the sand. Make a trail where nobody else make a trail. That's what church is all about. Empowerment. He shall receive power. Because no one person is sufficient. A plus B equals C. C is not A, C is not B, but take the two to make it. Hello? Look at this, church. Look right here. All right? Snatch victories from the jaws of defeat. Rejoice against me, all my enemy. For when I fall, I'm not staying down. I'm getting up. I shall arise. That's prophetic. Not pathetic, prophetic. I'm getting up and I shall. God taught us that we must welcome failures as our mentor. Amen. Oh, this is, I can't go back there. I just kill all those people. They changed me away. Because he's going right back to it. Jacob ran all his life. And one day God said, I'm going to fix all that for you. You know what God did to him, brother? He kicked him right in his shank. He couldn't run from Esau and he couldn't run from Jacob. I mean, from, from Laban. He caught in the middle. God said, you're going to face them both. You're going to face Esau and face Jacob. I mean, face uh, Laban. You know and he, he won the battle. He never ran again. Why do some folks fear to testify? One guy said at, in fact, our meeting right here, he said, if God gave you a million dollars, you would never get to tell anybody what God did for you. Because, you, you know, you're just too timid to tell. And the only way that my sisters know that God lives is if I tell them what God did for me. I realize God didn't heal me to keep it to myself. I realize God didn't bless me to keep it to myself. God gave me a testimony to testify about him. I don't have the right to keep it to myself. We overcome the world by our testimony. Coming to a close. I know you come to pray. You know, I'll pray Friday. God of seasons, right? <coughs> Look at this right here. I welcome failures. Peter did walk again. And look at what see? Bold and taking risk. In what? It's impossible for God to tell you there's no risk involved. What you're doing. There's risk in everything you do. I jump in my car, there's a risk involved. I got a ticket a while ago. They said I was speeding. I can't remember I was speeding. I didn't enjoy the ride so much, I didn't know I was speeding. I was flying. They call it speeding, I call it flying. She just says it's on base season. Hello? Look at folks, look right here. What's your passion? Can you smell 
the odor of destiny. Mm. This girl in Jamaica, as lazy as the bases, they're lazy. And she didn't want the house cleaning. And they care about the teacher the house cleaning. Even the boys learn to do house cleaning. I scrub floor, I can wash, I can cook. If my wife don't scrub, I can iron, I can cook, I can do all that stuff. But when she runs, I don't do it because she does it all. So I love when she's there, right? When she's not there, I can survive. I don't need McDonald's. I can boil water. I can boil eggs. Hello. And all that good stuff. I even can wash too. Don't tell my wife I said that. <coughs> but she looked in the mirror and said, Me, 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 pretty girl. Get all these hands dirty. No, 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 no. Now you can laugh as you want. But her self-concept of herself was great and high. She felt that's below her dignity to do those things. Church, it's below our dignity to doubt God. It's below our dignity to live a slave mentality. Come on, we're princes, kings, and priests unto God. Come to close it, it's hot in here. Praise God. Look at this, folks. Bold in taking risk. Come on now. So I can see my, I can smell my destiny. I can smell, I, I was made to be ooh, victorious. I can see the fulfillment coming. I can hear the voice of triumph. I can hear the marching army coming. I'm going to win. I can feel success calling me. I can taste victory. And I can speak my faith. Now, folks, your success will always comprise the risk, passion, and purpose. Tonight, I'm asking you to welcome risk, failures, and change. And over here, the three lepers are examples of it. They took the risk and stepped out. Didn't they? Why God put it here? That we might know it. Now, I'm going to say this here. <clears throat> Trinitarians don't have the truth, but they rise up and live in God's bountiful while we think salvation is always at Calvary. It's a hard thing to get us away from Calvary. Hello? The blessing of the Lord make it what? Make you poor? Some folks think, but of the poor in spirit, it means that you got the money in your pocket. That's not what it means. It means humility. Hello? I've got 11 steps to your self-actualization because in three years, I got three people here in this church that's going to make a million dollars. And the rest of you are going to watch him do it? Come on, folks, get with it. The fourth person. Is there a fifth person here? And I'm not talking about Jamaican currency either. <laughs> 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 
or Nigerian currency. Listen, folks. 11 steps to self-actualization. Get that contract. If you don't have a degree, go get one. Don't lay in bed and think the instructor going to show up in your bedroom. I've lost you now. You want a new house? Go get a job. Goodwill store don't hand those out. Number two, sign the contract. You're outside your league. That's what God likes. You got to depend on him. If you don't need God, he ain't going to show up. If you're not sick, not sick, there'll be no healer there. You don't need a miracle, there'll be no miracle. Thank God sometimes you lack that he may provide. We're sick that he may heal us. You'll never know he was a healer until you got sick. Hello. That's how Chris Pastor No, God's not dumb. God don't want you independent of him. He wants you to depend on him. Number three. Earn your dream salary. Well, God, I'd like to wear the kind of shoes she wears. Well, get the job she's got. Well, how do you get that? Get up. One guy, he was in our church. He finally, of course, left me because the preacher not just interrogates him, you know, and bother him. He said, I want a job. God going to send me a job. Well, phone going to ring. I said, it's not going to ring. not going to ring. So I go for a job. What time did he get up? One o'clock. So get serious. Slotful. You want salary? Be the best guy on that job. They want an hour, give them two. Ooh, I lost you now. Everybody ex extended coffee break? Not you. Lord of mercy. I can see guilty faces looking at me. Live in your dream house. Don't wish you have one. Get a job. Save the money up. Well, God, all I have is 10 cents. Fred, you're 10 cents ahead. Amen. Praise God. That dream, oh, nobody in this building have any dream that God can't fulfill. It is totally impossible for God to say, I can't do it. You cannot stump him. See your child excel beyond your imagination. Kid, world champ you're a champ you're the best there is I don't care what your teacher tells you to me you're smart you're a genius they just don't understand I hope I don't lose this back when I throw it by this 
Oh, hallelujah. That's quick in spirit. <coughs> We're still lost hope. Honesty, openness, patience, effort. I could have charged it tonight for this speech. You tell you, a thousand bucks each. In the States, they'll pay it. In Canada, they'll barely ache over it. But it's true. That's what hope means. Honesty, openness, patience, effort. Capture the moment. Nothing in, nothing out. Mm-hmm. No, I better not say it. I don't ruin you. Capture the moment. All right, number eight. Float to the top. Walk in like you own the place. Ugh. Church, I like the way you guys dress the church, looking good. Amen. Look like you own the city. Top notch. Top cat. If I had money, I'd lend you all a, a BMW to drive every Sunday and park outside there. From street corner to street corner. Rolls Royce. Even if you go to Bard for a while and bring it on Sunday. And let's park it outside. Get them all worried out there. Amen. Everybody go buy a mink coat. Even if it's a rabbit coat, just don't get close to the guy. <laughs> Well, a rabbit could look close, but don't get too close to anybody with other fur on. It comes off. But beloved, hear me now. Rise to the top. See abundance. Use of God. <laughs> Bless God without an increase. Let's stand. On the plane last night, the guy said to another guy, How much do you pay to sit in first class seat? Now I can talk about those. If you don't have pounds, shillings, and pence, God can give you points. You can travel on points. Why don't you? You know, in the States, I see them buy food with coupons. You want to buy a house? You want to spend your money? Save coupons. Go to every saint and says, give me the coupons you have in your house. Save it all. Well, I'm too proud for that. Too bad. Die poor. You know? All these saints in there throw away their coupons. And you want to get it from them and cast them in as you need them. And if you get more coupons than you can store, put them all the food in your garage so you need them. Hello. Hello. But church, look at this. If it's to be so, then it's up to me. Do what? Stepping out, taking risk, embracing failure, pursuing my dream. Do it all with passion and divine purpose. This week, Brother Beaton, Brother Matt, may his church look so good. I salute you, brethren. And Sister Beaton, of course, the overseer. went down there and make that place look good. 
You think God don't see that? I challenge you folks right now to ask God for a million dollars this year. God, this is the poorhouse. <laughs> I don't believe in it. I said, one more time. Ask God for a million dollars. Ask God tonight for that dream house. And say, God, what do you want me to do to achieve that? I don't care how many times you fail. You're going to walk right into your abundance. I said, God, I will not stop preaching this way till you bless everybody in this church on the level that I believe it. And everybody on these pews sees it as a miracle church. Lift up those hands. Now, folks, I meet pastors because, I started to say it this way, Trinitarians, they call it a prosperity message. I believe in prosperity message. God, everything God does is prosperous. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. Then why are you poor? Ask the person beside you. We want poorness is a relative term. Zachary, come here. By the standard you are used to, many kids in other parts of the world will never see it. But that don't make you any more happy than they are when they have Jesus. Because on every level of life, he's just as good. Thank you, Sam. Now, all you rich folks, Sister, Sister, Sister Moss, come here, you rich lady, come here. How do you riches in Trinidad and Tobago? I know it's there. I've seen it. I can smell it. <laughs> come on up here. Stand right here. Sister, you can have a minnows in the bank. Amen. And now the person in India only have six cents per year can be just as joyful as you are Amen. with Jesus Christ. Amen. It's all a matter of what? Relativity. You can't compare her with a lady in India. Because in India, the lady feel rich. Blessed. Is that right, sister? Amen. Amen? Amen. Thank you, sister. And, and, brother, come here. You may drive a Rolls Royce. And the guy in Nigeria, all he has a footmobile. <laughs> right? You and your automobile and the footmobile, he's just as transient as you are drivable. Just get there faster. <laughs> Is that right? Thank you. And God just says rich to him. Is that right, church? So success 
is not based on the world standard. Joshua 1, verse 3 to 8 tells you what success is, how it is, and how you get it. It's abiding in the body of Christ. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, folks, you know, I respect my fellow brethren, but you know what? If a preacher emphasizes the negative, that's what you become. Parents emphasize the negative, that's what you become. And if they emphasize the positive, that's what you will practice. And you may as well mark it down with Pastor Neil. I will not take it on a negative lane. Forget it! We're going down possibility road. Let's talk to Jesus right now. Come on. What I don't want to fail is the grace of God. Or my faith in God faileth. And I don't want to fail to try. But I've learned in whatever state I'm in at this moment. I'm going to give thanks. I never complain to a preacher who visit me about my state here. Never will. Not now, not ever. You know why? Because God said, be content until the next season arrives. Seasons come. Praise the Lord. Come on, family. Come on. Give God the praise. Shadalamaha. Amen. And if you can see the man that's supposed to kill, the man that came from heaven, and he dropped right here, right now, and God said, take, based on the family size, if you got more kids than me, you need more than I got. Quality-wise, but not quality-wise. The quality is still same. So when you get the crumbs or the bread, still the same dough. <laughs> So when you come to church, amen. Don't worry about sister so and so, brother so and so. They, you know, if 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 you bad mouth God about the house you got, He will not give you a better house. Don't do it. And I said, preachers, you know, bad mouth God about the rent they're paying. I said, sir, with respect, please let me talk to you. You're paying that rent every month. When it comes due, you pay it. Don't you think that's worth giving thanks for? Because the devil has taught me and you how to worry about what we don't have and not thank God for what we have. And destroy us and tells us you are a failure. And you believe that lie. And you upset God more and more and more until Psalm 78 fulfilling your life and you get mad at you. Anybody remember what I just said? Stop worrying about that situation. Thank God for what you do have. Just brag on what you do have. I've never been to a church that I wish it was my church. Never. 
there's none like Fort McMurray. I don't care how big they are, how many thousand they got, and they have them, and all elegant. No, Cherie, this is it. Let's praise the Lord. Come on, beloved. He calls praise God. Come on. Come on, church. I want you to learn this. Learn 